My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. I'm your host, Molly McCartney, and today I'm here with Stacey Bennett. She is a profit coach that helps other heart and spirit-led entrepreneurs um, find abundance in their work. Uh, we're going to talk about letting letting ease lead, not only in our lives, but in our inner business, in our to-do list, in everything that that we need to do. And I think this is a really important topic these days, just after the pandemic. I don't know about you guys, but I know um, I, I got back to the the roots of my even my childhood days of just letting the day create itself, you know, during the shutdowns and slowly over time as we adjusted back to to getting full force back into the to do list and back into the busyness feeling like life is just pushing me ahead. and I'm just trying to keep ahead. So I have to remind myself daily to stay in the flow. If I'm not in the flow, it's not going to work out. But I think a lot of us are feeling that and, and we're all at different levels of dealing with that. So Stacy is, is someone to talk to um, if you're dealing with this in your business. Um, and I'm really excited to have her here today. So welcome to the show, Stacy. How are you? I'm great, Molly. Thank you for having me. You're very, very welcome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do as, uh, as a profit coach, how you serve and, and help. And we're certainly going to get down to the nitty gritty about how you help ease lead in your life and in other people's lives. But first, I'd like to know just, just what you do. Yeah, thank you for asking. I work with business owners who want to bring some clarity and confidence to managing their day-to-day -day finances. Um, I found from years in the accounting industry that a lot of my business owner clients have wild expertise in the areas that they run, you know, the, the services that they deliver. But when it comes to the numbers and the stories that the numbers tell and the, the structures that the numbers take in terms of how it flows in and out of their business, not a lot of business owners have clarity or a sense of real confidence that they're the one in charge of managing that flow. And so I help my my clients understand the numbers, understand the systems that are at play with their numbers, and make smart choices about how to structure their cash flow so that they stay profitable. They build resilient companies that can withstand pandemics and recessions and other kind of cash flow crises um, in a way that allows them to continue operating, continue growing, continue building. I love that. And what what made you kind of focus on this work? What what was your why? You know, why did you yeah. start and, and how did you get there? Yeah, I was terrible with money when I was younger. I didn't understand it. I didn't grow up learning how to manage it. And by the time I graduated from college, I had a pretty well ingrained story that I was bad with money. And I had a lot of evidence in my financial world um, to to prove that was true. And I really didn't see there being a day where I would 
feel comfortable and confident in myself in that area of my life. And a couple of years after I graduated college, it occurred to me that I had that wrong, that maybe it wasn't that I was bad with money. Maybe I just didn't have money skills. And I kind of went on this like passion track to learn how to manage my money. And I worked with a cash flow coach who did a wonderful job of helping me understand kind of how money moves in and out of my life and the energy that it carries and the structures and systems that I could use to simplify managing it. And I fell completely and totally in love with it. And, and not just with the numbers and the money, but with the bigness that I felt personally being somebody who could manage money. So it really, it started there for me and just seeing what a transformation it could make in my life and my sense of self. And I started doing personal finance coaching to help support other people in creating that. Fast forward a few years of doing that. And I, I was dating a guy at the time that was starting a new business. And I thought, well, man, I like money. I like managing numbers. Like I'll learn how to do bookkeeping and I'll keep your books for you. Long story short, the relationship didn't last, but that passion and that career track started. And I got an internship at an accounting firm, started working with small business owners and learned like there's just this, this beautiful power that business owners can bring to the world when their businesses are healthy and thriving. And so bringing kind of my passion for learning how to manage money well and coupling that with this really unique power that small business owners have to affect positive change on the world, it just coupled two pieces that really drive me and motivate me. And that's that's where it all started. I love that. It is it is such an important pillar of life. And especially, you know, me being a spiritual coach and an intuitive, uh, that was something I had to learn and grow into that. Yes, I mean, money isn't bad and dirty and wrong. It's, you know, kind of what you do with it. If you're, (laughs) if you're going to, you know, if you have bad intentions, and you, you know, you're you connect that with the money that you have, maybe, maybe it brings a little bit of negativity. But if you want to do positive things, it it creates more abundance for not only your own life, but you can give more to others and be more charitable. Um, There's so many really good things that can come from that. So I think your work is extremely important. And you mentioned that you work with, you know, um, soulful or heart, heart centered entrepreneurs as well. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your kind of perfect client or your ideal client that you work with? A few years ago, when I first actually started accounting, uh, I, I was exposed to a business structure called B Corp. And it really piqued an interest in, in the types of businesses that are out there to impact positive change in the world. And like the, the, the kind of tagline is like there's a triple bottom line people planet profit rather than business being all about money and the dollars and the bottom line it's about what can we provide for all stakeholders and that approach that mentality i think that when you have somebody who operates a healthy thriving business with the goal of impacting people the planet and their profits equally, like they, they're all measured, um, that that just creates such a possibility for positive change in the world. And those are the business owners I want to empower. You know, we've all seen what business that isn't operating with that commitment can do to the world, what it can do to the economy, to the people, to the customers, to the planet. And I don't want to be a part of 
supporting that model. So I really, when I set out to do this, I, you know, my thought was I want to build a new paradigm. I want business to build a new paradigm for what it takes to be successful in this world. And I, I want to be a part of helping those businesses really thrive financially. So mm, I love that. And that, yeah, those are, you know, like I mentioned, if your spirit of heart base is like you lead with that and then the money's like, okay, over here. And there's, you know, story after story that I've heard of, of really awesome ethical companies struggling to, to yeah. keep afloat, much less be abundant. So that's, right. that's really, um, that's for the listeners out there. You just, you never know whatever you're wired to do, whatever you naturally love, you can combine that with a spiritual purpose. You can combine that with, with kind of your guidance from the divine of what you're here to do in the world. It may not be, um, you know, energy work. It may not be, um, you know, doing readings and, and teaching. It may be simply empowering others to go out and do good in the world. So I want you to open your mind to what that means to shine your light. It's different for everyone. And it's all very important. Wouldn't you say? I completely, completely agree with you. And I want to touch on a point that you made there about really heart-centered businesses struggling financially. And that is probably the biggest issue that I see confronts a lot of business owners that are out there to do good work in the world is there is this, you know, almost sort of like nonprofit or like martyr mentality mm -hmm. that like, I want to give so much and I don't feel right you know, prioritizing the money. I don't feel right charging for this service or, and we end up creating a circumstance or a set of situations that we can't survive in. We've got this beautiful work, this beautiful vessel that we could bring to the world, but we're not giving it the energy that it needs to grow and expand. And that is something that for me, I've really, I've had to do a lot of work with myself on. I remember having arguments with my father when I was just out of college about how I was going to write books and I was going to put them out there for free because I didn't think that education and knowledge should be, you know, should have a price tag on it. And what I found was that for the first several years after college, I struggled financially to pay the bills. You know, I couldn't keep my rent paid, let alone scale a company that was going to have the, the magnitude and reach that I wanted it to. So I'm not saying that it can't be done, you know, like giving yourself away can't be done and, and, and really make a massive impact on the world. And I think that for a lot of us that are in this heart-centered space, we kind of have to reframe what money is for us. That money isn't this like bad thing that we need to avoid, you know, charging or prioritizing. Money is fuel. It's gas in the tank. It's what's going to carry us from A to B. And I, I know I've got a pretty big point B and it's far away and there's a lot of journey between now and then. And so I know that I need to find a way to be efficient with my fuel and a way to make sure that I'm going to have plenty of it to get me to where I want to go. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and it's a, it's an energy balance thing also. I know, um, myself and, and others I've talked to in, in the spiritual space, you know, we, we love what we do. We do it, you know, for free on the street corner, you know, live in a mm -hmm. box. It's fine. Like we would, but mm -hmm. we live in this modern world where, you know, we do have, you know, automations or assistance, or, you know, eventually if you're going to grow and expand and, and impact people at a, gr a greater scale, um, that, that money is the balance that helps that happen. And I think even when back in the day, when I was undercharging for myself, I was happy with what I was doing, but a little like, like the energy wasn't mm -hmm. as charged. 
sure. <laughs> kind of a weird word to use for that. But but once, yeah, once it happened and got a little bit more, once the scaling started to occur, it was like, okay, I'm excited about what I'm doing again, and I'm getting even better at it. Yeah. And I think yeah. um, that's just, you know, just sharing that for our listeners and, and to relate to what you're saying that it's not, sometimes it's something where you're looking at your books and you're like, yes, I made my goals. And sometimes it's just energetic that mm -hmm. you feel depleted because you're not receiving right. that energy exchange in return. So right. I think it's really important for people to think, start thinking about it that way. Yes, completely agree. Yeah, completely cool. agree. Well, you mentioned, so uh, coming, you, you mentioned early in your life, um, you know, uh, dealing with money. You, you also mentioned some, some chances that you took. Um, so yeah, I have a few questions I want to ask, but you mentioned moving to Colorado with $500 in your pocket at one point, <laughs> and then leaving a well-paid job to teach in Brazil. And, and that kind of goes into that energy, you know, energy management and balance bucket as well, because sometimes we do have to take those kinds of chances. Yeah. to feel more alive in life. So can you share what that was like at those moments in your life, uh, taking those intuitive chances? <laughs> you know, uh, I have goosebumps all over my body and just so much joy in my heart. Like those, those two experiences have been some of the peak experiences I've had in my life. I've done a lot of really cool things and I've had a lot of great success. And Kind of those two periods of time where I really surrendered to something bigger that felt right and made no sense, and then got to witness and experience life catching me, holding me, guiding me, making all the right connections, at all the right time. So I'll, I'll just give you a couple of small examples. Um, and, and first of all, moving to, to Denver, I didn't know anything about Denver. I lived in Richmond, Virginia. I had some friends who'd been out to Denver um, in my last couple of years of college, and I got the the wild idea that I wanted to move there. I didn't know that there were mountains in Colorado. Like <laughs> there was, I had no context. I just knew that Denver kept popping up on my radar and I needed to go. So I left Richmond. I went and stayed with a girlfriend um, who bought my plane ticket. She had just had a hysterectomy and I moved in with her to help take care of her and help her kind of get reacclimated. To, to life. And then she and I road tripped up to Denver and we used couch surfers, uh, that free, you know, sort of you meet travelers and you stay on people's couches and had this really great adventure moving up to um, Denver. And we stayed, we, we had the great fortune of falling in with a fella named Brett. And he ended up opening up his home for me to stay for about a month. He got me my first job at a hotel there right across the street from the place I was staying because I didn't have a car or a vehicle or anything lined up when I moved there. He introduced me to the woman who became my best friend. She's still my best friend. I was just in her wedding in June. That was 10 years ago. Um, you know, and just like all of these magnificent connections happened. Yeah, I met what has become my best group of girlfriends within the first three months of being in Denver. And there was just so many pieces of it that, yes, it was hard and it was scary. And there were times I couldn't pay my bills and I didn't know what was going to come next. And I was figuring out how to use bus lines on a flip phone and little, you know, paper schedules. And there was so much learning how to be in the world. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it was there was never a point where I was not completely and utterly taken care of. And, and I have one kind of funny 
caveat and just to kind of wrap around how the universe connects things. The condo that I stayed in with Brett, um, fast forward 10 years, my, my now husband, this, this was 2012, it's 2023, my, my husband's sister just recently bought a new place. And as I was helping them move in, we turned the corner and I was like, remember I told you this is the complex that I stayed in when I first moved here to Colorado. It was this unit right here on the right. And my husband looks at me like, no way. And we turn the corner and Jessica's walking in the house with boxes. So like my sister-in-law, 11 years later, is moving into the same exact condo I stayed in for the first month I was here in Colorado. Small world. <laughs> Such a small, crazy, but that's the nature of all of this is yes, that when- connected. When life says this is right, it doesn't have to make sense because there are completely nonsensical connections that will evolve from it if you trust it, if you let it, if you let go, which is one of the things that has really guided me to this place of really letting the ease lead in my life. Because as it turns out, when I am struggling to make things happen and make things move and do it my way, my way often misses the mark. Life mm. has a plan and things <laughs> that it wants to do that I, I would never be smart or creative enough to come up with on my own. You know? Oh, yes. Amen, sister. That's what the intuitive path is all about. It's this very, you know, we, we do need some, some assertiveness on this path to say, you know, here's our, we're going to point our arrow. We're going to go for this. And usually ideally it's guided by something greater than ourselves and not just our ego. Cause right. when that happens and we go in circles, of course, right. but you know, when we're, when we create with what we're guided to create or shining our light in the world, it's just really cool that it, it really is. It's like, okay, now what, what today? What's going to yeah. happen? And these opportunities magically open up when we're yeah. not trying. And, and that is the flow. And, and what do you do in between when you're waiting for divine timing? It's you've got to just be patient and learn to, to enjoy the little things and learn to yeah. find that gratitude in little things, right? Because I think sure. people out there probably struggle with the flow most because yeah, but, but I wanted this yesterday. So yeah. why isn't it here right now? Or it's not working right. out. So, you know, I'm not seeing the evidence yet. And, and that's where we, we lose our faith. So it's right. important to keep that faith. And, you know, you had mentioned that you very much like myself, you were raised in the Christian church and kind of re rekindled a relationship with the divine later in your life and kind of your own experiential way. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about that and how that has helped you find your flow? Yeah, absolutely. I remember being a little girl and absolutely loving God. Like my faith as a child was the type of faith that moves mountains. I was in love with this presence and this spirit that I knew so intrinsically. And through kind of socialization into the church, I began to lose connection with that God. And I remember a couple of the things that were really pivotal, pivotal were you know being taught how many people weren't loved or forgiven or chosen by God. And this sense of if I do one thing wrong, you know, we, we did an entire workshop on what's wrong with Christian rock. And I was, you know, Stephen Curtis Chapman and Amy Grant and these oh. artists that my mom and I listened to all the time. I and, was an Amy Grant fan too. Yep. I loved her <laughs> and she moved me. And we did this whole segment on how evil that music was. And I, yeah. I remember that being a real breaking point. 
that I, I thought maybe I don't understand God at all. You know, maybe, you know, if this is how God is, then maybe, and I, I, I broke out into tears Mm -hmm. and I, and I remember that being one of the, the first moments that I really knew that, you know, if, if this God was what the church said he was, then maybe I didn't want to have anything to do with him. And that, that exacerbated over the next several years. And especially after my parents split up and, you know, being a teenager and young adult, um, I, I grew very angry and resentful towards what I saw as an unforgiving, unjust God. And it took me a few years of, you know, really struggling with that before I was willing to open my heart back up. And, and really one of the, the things that did it for me, there was a, there's a book called The Shack which I don't know if any of your listeners have read it. There's a movie as well. I highly encourage if you like the movie to read the book because what it painted was such a beautiful picture of a God for whom no one is not redeemed. No one, no one. And that was the God that I knew when I was a child. That Mm -hmm. was the spirit. And, And when I was reintroduced to that God through that book, is when I began to explore, well, maybe all of the church's teachings are not the truth about who Jesus Christ is. It's not the truth about who God is. Maybe I can love this path, you know, the path of Christ. I can love this path and in choosing it, not be sentencing anyone I love who doesn't choose that path to internal damnation. Right. Um, and and that that has fueled a really beautiful healing and trust and faith and momentum in my life. Um, I love that. Thank you for sharing that because I think it's very, very important, especially for those who struggle with being raised in the church and they come to that place. What did, you know, either they felt judged for, for being different or, or, you know, something, something came up as they grew and it just, you know, Oh, well, I fall into that category. So I'm not loved anymore. Their family judged them or friends. Um, right. I know I experienced quite a bit of, of what I felt was judgment and, and even bullying in the church. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, and, and I was like you feeling that mystical experience of yeah. God and that, that experiential like reality, like, no, this is a thing. And it's really, really super helpful <laughs> when right. I'm connected to it. It makes life worth living. If I'm not connected to it, that's when depression set in. That's when 100%. what's the point set in, right? So yeah, completely. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I think people need to hear that more and more and that it's whether it is in line with the Christian teachings or, or any other religion right. or just something that you feel is coming up for you. What's your mystical experience of, of the divine? Because that's where we find the flow. Right. And it's interesting. Um, you mentioned, um, you know, those, those teachings and, and the church and there's a, there is a lot of like silencing that goes on too. Like when you ask too many questions, like, right. Don't, we don't know. Don't ask. Right. <laughs> or just, we'll just ignore you and pretend you didn't ask that question or you're annoying because you asked too many questions. Right. But, uh, but you mentioned these days you struggle a little bit with not speaking your truth or not speaking up. I forget how you phrased it. Can mm-hmm. you share a little bit about that struggle mm-hmm. now, even though you've found such flow and ease in other areas? Yeah. I, I know that one of my limitations in life has been uh, I don't like making waves. Mm-hmm. I, I have a, a hard time 
creating conflict or, or saying or doing things that I sense create conflict or go too much against the grain, particularly in my relationships. You know, like I, I realize a lot of what I, you know, put out there in the world professionally and creatively is, you know, kind of contrary to traditional beliefs about things. But when it comes to, you know, telling my mother-in-law that I wish she would cook less sugar because <laughs> it isn't good for my body around the house to have so much around, right? Those are the places where I feel like this sense of like, don't make waves, don't upset people, don't hurt people's feelings really comes up. And I, the, I see that the places where that really impacts me are in how it has me kind of change myself in relationships from how I would be, which drives a sense of independence. Well, I'm, I'm better off on my own. You know, I, I kind of push myself away from people. And I also see that professionally, one of the places that it, that it, it comes up and that I have to very actively work is, you know, sometimes you've got to tell your clients things they don't necessarily want to hear, especially with regards to making smart money decisions. Money is so emotional and impulse driven that sometimes when you've got to tell somebody that, that the choice that they're making is really terrible for what they ultimately want, mm. you know, so I, I've really... I find myself most caught in those two types of situations. You know, yeah. I just, I don't want to hurt people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that keeps me from being honest about yeah. what my intuition is very clearly telling me. Oh my gosh. That's a big one. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that openly. And um, as with all my guests, I've pulled a few cards for you. If you wouldn't mind me taking a look. I love it. Please. Right. You're welcome. Yeah, great. Um, so so what I see here for you right now is there is a, mm, a, you have a vision for yourself and maybe it is how you want to be in the next level of your business or how you want to more openly speak about the work you do. And so, yes, it shows up personally, but it's also professionally. Um, and it's definitely this, this stopping point is, is kind of holding you back. There's a, there's a, there's a, something pulling you back in terms of, um, back into the more child mind, um, teenage, I see teenager, ch- even back into the child years of like not making waves at that point. So there's a trigger that is originating back at that time where when it comes up today, you wouldn't upset people as much or they would get over it much more quickly, but the fear is that it will be a bigger wave than what it actually would. And so, and, and I know that's why I'm like choosing my words carefully because mm. it's, it's such a subtle trigger and, and inside it's, it becomes much bigger for you than it is on the, like if you actually were to create that wave, people will go, whoa, and then they would thank you. Whereas in the past, mm. if that had happened, you would have just yeah. maybe been punished or someone would just ignore you or cut off ties or something like that. Um, but I feel that you have such a, a powerful spiritual maturity and that comes in to help heal the family and help heal just not just just not just your blood family. It could be the mother-in-law, mm-hmm. it could be friends as well. Um, you have a lot of wisdom to share. Um, but yeah, this kind of holding back of your truth is something that has come around a few times in your life. And I see the more that it shows up and then you find yourself in the same pattern over and over again, because you didn't speak up. 
it's mm -hmm. like you're going uh I've got to, mm -hmm. I've got to start doing this for things to shift in the way that I want them to. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do very, very, very much. So yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And so it's just about noticing, okay, this is a pattern. It's a ghost from my past and it's a, a kind of like, um, computer programs that, that run, and, you know, we like to say in, in neurolinguistic programming and, and kind of hypnosis also that you can't stop the program. You can't say, Oh, I'm just going to stop doing that. You have to change right. it. You have to replace it with something else or update it. And I feel for you, it's really creating a vision of balance and thinking more when you have that kind of counter intention of, I don't want to make waves or upset someone like, okay, who, who will I be and what will life look like when I fully am able to just say what I need to do? And if it's in the case of mother-in-law, perhaps, well, if she's going to do a lot of sugary cooking, then I'll find, you know, I'll bring, make sure I bring in things that are alternatives. So I'm not just appeasing her. Sure. E even if it makes her upset. I know my grandma, I was vegan for a little while and my I loved my grandma's cooking, but she was anything but vegan. And so when I was going to visit her, I would bring my own food and she goes, oh, is that how we're doing it now? And I'm like, uh, and I felt so yeah. bad, but it was like, yeah. you know what? The love between us stayed and we had, we still enjoyed each other. And I just took the barb and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. She's yeah. not happy about that, but I'm doing what I need to do for myself. Yeah. And your relationship is stronger, yeah. healthier. Yeah, because of it. Yeah, because yeah. you don't have that internal resentment, right? That comes with mm -hmm. not speaking up. Um, and so yeah, I'm seeing just setting your intentions and listening to that inner truth more and more is going to be the best way to resolve this and just know the more that you face this struggle. Um, and, and when it comes to your clients, of course, they are definitely going to thank you, even if they're not happy with what you say, you can even um, you can borrow a phrase that I borrowed from someone. I don't even remember where, um, I'm, I'd like to be carefrontational with you. Is that okay? Like instead <laughs> of confrontational, like when you know this is going to confront something, but I care. And that's why I'm telling you this. Right. And that way they can take it with that care and not as a, as a affront sure. and they can go do what they want anyway. Or they can say, yeah, you know, she's kind of right. We should probably think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Being confrontational. So yeah, I'm just seeing the the biggest thing is uh, trusting yourself. You do have, I mean, just talking to you today, I can tell how intuitive and connected you really are. And just validate yourself regularly with that. Um, because the more you're challenged with this particular challenge, it's it's your higher self wanting to insert itself more in your personality and more in your life. So that's how you can start seeing it, not as a, like a weakness, but it's like, oh, this is my higher self, my higher awareness, wanting to really be present in my life. And so that's why it's so frustrating. Yeah. I love that reframe. Good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I hope mm. that helps. Yeah. It's beautiful, Molly. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome, my dear. Well, we are running out of time for the show, but um, it's been a lovely conversation. So glad to have you on the show. If people would like to find you and learn more about what you do, where can they find you online? Yes. Awesome. Um, so I've got two places they can look. Uh, the first is uh, theslcgroup.co. That's T-H-E-S-L-C group.co. That's my full business website. It has all the different free resources, my blog content, kind of the long and short about what I do. 
And then if there are any listeners who are looking to seriously transform the way that they're doing their business, I am launching a two-day profit accelerator. Um, And so it's a deep dive program and how to restructure your business finances to really bring that intuitive awareness that behaviors-based systems and structures into how you manage your cash flow. That website is to the number dayprofitaccelerator.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing yourself and your light today. And guys, go check her out. If you feel intuitively led, that's the best way to make those kind of choices. Um, And just, yeah, thanks so much, Stacey. I hope to talk to you again sometime. Thank you so much, Molly. You too. You're welcome. All right. Bye, guys. Catch you next time. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, Listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, Book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.